All right, welcome back to another episode of My Spouse Made Me Watch It. My name is Katie. I am a spouse. And I am Justin, also a spouse. Spouses of each other. Yes. Yes. Uh, so today, Justin, we are, we've taken a trip through movies. We've watched, well, I've made you watch a coming-of-age film a teen movie, and now we are breaking into the world of rom-coms. All right. Would you would you consider yourself a rom-com fan, Justin? I like some rom-coms. What? Okay, if, if you say you like some rom-coms, it, what for you makes it a, like, a palatable rom-com for a Justin? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> I haven't really thought about that. So, my favorite rom-coms are Fool's Rush In. Uh, you like Fool's Rush In, which we both agree is a solid rom-com, and uh, our enjoyment of that as young children may explain the marriage we are currently in. That's true. <laughs> that, that very well could be. <laughs> um, I put Fool's Rush In, The Big Sick, and Crazy Rich Asians. Mm, okay. I think all of those feel very rom-com-y, mm-hmm. uh, but I found them very good. Things I did not consider rom-coms, uh, and, and the reason that I have all of this research beforehand is because this was a topic on another podcast. <laughs> a little cross-promotion. If you haven't checked out Two Justin's podcast, check it out. The Two Justins podcast. <laughs> anyway, on that, on a recent episode, we discussed rom-coms. And so some of the groundwork that I laid down for what is not a rom-com. Forgetting Sarah Marshall, not a rom-com. The Princess Bride, not a rom-com. Meet the Parents, not a rom-com. Groundhog Day, not a rom-com. Comedies with romance as a major part of the theme, but not a romantic comedy. Okay, I, I can get on board with most of those. I feel like I would still tip for getting Sarah Marshall into rom-com territory. It's just like dude rom-com. Interesting. There's just more butts. I'd never thought about there being like a dude rom-com and a girl rom-com. I think I've always just thought of rom-coms being targeted generally towards women yeah and i think that's true i think they i think it was just those male comedians who saw saw an opening in the market and was like hey sometimes (laughs) bros want to go see a rom-com maybe Mm -hmm. they enjoy it let's put some more butts in it give them something for them (laughs) then we'll be ready (laughs) so the rom-com that we are getting into today um, I would say with those three that you listed as your favorite rom-coms, well, maybe not, maybe not Fool's Russian. Fool's Russian is a very, your standard rom-com. It's mm-hmm. fabulous, but it's pretty standard. Uh, but The Big Sick and, what was the last one you said? Crazy Rich Asians. Uh, but The Big Sick and Crazy Rich Asians, while they still hit to those, mm same sort of hallmarks of the Mm rom-com they definitely feel different uh and i think this i wasn't going to include the big sick 
as a rom-com until you told me that I could because I thought of it almost more of a familial drama. Yeah, I I think so too. I think similarly we also talked about Spanglish in in that conversation. That one felt more rom-commy to me than the I big I think sick. it might feel more rom-commy to you because it's targeted it feels more. more targeted to women than the big sick sure. does. Um but I think they both kind of fall into that that vague familial I was going to say familial romance. <laughs> that's, that's something different. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's Game of Thrones. That's Game of Thrones. Uh, <laughs> that sort of family drama, uh, also some romance, also some comedy, little slice of life type movies. Um, I think that's similar. Uh, so this one f- feels more, it hits all those same points, uh, but it does feel different than like your run of the mill, your your fool's Russians, your while you were sleepings, your Tajillions on her 37th birthday. Mm-hmm. It feels like that. So I'm going to, since I'm assuming, had you ever heard of this movie before I told you this is what we were going to be watching? No. Okay. Didn't think so. <laughs> um, I came upon this movie randomly on Netflix a couple of years ago, and mm-hmm. then I really liked it, so I bought the DVD, but I also had not heard of it before. Uh, so to get started on like what you know or what you predict, I brought out the case so that you okay. could have some material to work from. All now, right. the case, I will admit, looks like garbage. Like, all... Uh, <laughs> The cover art looks like they cut out all of the main characters from some sort of still they had in the movie and Mm -hmm. photoshopped them in together around a table. Uh, They they definitely did. (laughs) That is 100% correct. Some of them look worse than others. Like, I think Kristen Wiig and Jennifer uh, Westfeld kind of look like they could be there, but like John Hamm. Like, that might not even be a screenshot from the movie. (laughs) Yeah. That might be from Mad Men. (laughs) Awesome. So, uh, from what I can tell from this, um, Adam Scott is in it, and so is John Hamm. Yeah, so that was one of the reasons I pulled it, because I I know that you feel a a certain kinship to Adam Scott. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, And wish I could be more like John Hamm. I think everybody wishes <laughs> An that. An aspirational. And ironically, I'm actually mostly Chris O'Dowd. So. <laughs> and he's here too. And he's here too. The so. gang's all here. I do love Chris O'Dowd. He's got that Irish accent. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in a British show called uh, The IT Crowd. It's very funny. Um, you can breeze through it in an evening because all like eight seasons of it only amount to like 16 episodes or something like that. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it's one of those weird British shows where they're like, I think 16 episodes is enough. I'm um, done. Yeah, I'm done. According to the box, it is a rapid fire crowd pleaser. So that's pretty exciting. Um, <laughs> don't don't read the synopsis on the back. You can look okay, at the terrible art, but <laughs> I won't read the synopsis. Uh, I'm just going to look. I want to see who made the movie. See if that gives me anything. Okay, so it's a Lionsgate production. They're based in Vancouver. We know we've driven across the Lionsgate Bridge. Do you remember that? I do remember that. Interesting. Jennifer Westfeld is uh, first billing in the credits. 
Yes, so this was her directorial <clears throat> debut. Oh, she's a direct directing mm-hmm. it too. Yeah, and she start so she directed it and starred oh, yeah. in it, and it was her debut. So who is she? I have no idea who she is. I have no clue who she is either. I've never seen her before. Nope, me neither. Like I, like everybody else on this cover, Kristen Wiig, Maya Rudolph, uh, the three guys. Yeah, it seems like very a really recognizable faces. Very recognizable faces. And it's like, who is this mysterious person who brought them all together? Oh, it looks like Megan Fox is also in it. She is in it. Okay. Let me just see if I recognize any other names. So produced by John Hamm, Jennifer Westfeld. Uh who where's the writing credit? Oh, she wrote it too. Oh, she wrote okay. it too. That makes sense. Awesome. So it's written, directed uh, by and starring Jennifer Westfeld. 2011. So those are the things I know about this. I I might feel like I have more knowledge if I knew who Jennifer Westfeld was, considering she Uh seems very integral into uh, (laughs) this movie. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely feels like uh, it was a movie she wanted to make, so she got all her friends together, <laughs> who happened to be very famous, name-recognizable people, uh, and they made a movie. But you do know a lot about, like, you're very familiar with the filmography and is TV stars, is that included in filmography, TV roles? I guess so. You're very familiar with the filmography of basically the entire rest of this cast yeah and i yeah. think they have typical sort of roles that they play so i want you to so do you want to hear me... my favorite my favorite roles that i've seen yes, each of them play I do. okay so chris o'dowd um it's definitely in the it crowd um adam scott uh well i feel like i am like on the like you are Ben Wyatt. I was gonna say on the Ben Wyatt spectrum. <laughs> if if Ben Wyatt was a spectrum disease, <laughs> I, I would be like eighty percent Ben Wyatt. <laughs> you would have low functioning Ben Wyatt. <laughs> <laughs> um. So that's Adam Scott, John Hamm. My favorite thing I've ever seen John Hamm do. He's great in Mad Men. Um, but my favorite thing I've ever seen him do is when he hosted SNL and he did a skit called Ham and Bubbly. <laughs> I've never seen this. Yeah, it's with uh, it. It's the whole premise of the skit is that uh, the musical guest was Michael Bublé, and he has captured Michael Bublé and forced him into owning co-owning a restaurant called Ham and Bubbly, where they specialize in ham and ham and champagne, champagne. <laughs> and he forces michael buble to perform every night so that's the premise of that skit i just thought it was so funny um maya rudolph i really liked her in uh the short run television show um I'm not going to be able to remember the name, but it had uh, Will Arnett and Christina Applegate in it. And Will Arnett became like a stay-at-home dad when Christina Applegate gave birth. And Christina Applegate is like the showrunner of Maya Rudolph's show, and they're like best friends. I loved that show. It ran for like 12 episodes. (laughs) (laughs) And you cherished everyone. I did. I did. Um, 
and Kristen Wig. Kristen Wig. Uh, she probably, if I know anything about Kirsten's and Kristen's, they do not appreciate when you get that wrong. No. Unforgivable. <laughs> um, so low key, there's somebody at church. Her husband's name is me. I may have already said too much because now you'll know. You might not know, but somebody might listen to this and know exactly <laughs> who I'm t- I'm talking about. Um, I don't remember if her name is Kara or Kara, mm. and I got that wrong once, and she was not cool with it that I got it wrong, and I literally in two years have not called her by her name. Oh. I feel like Kara's would there- take much more offense to being called Kara than a Kara would to being called Kara. I feel like, uh, too, that it's probably, that's probably a name where Kirsten and Kristen, uh, you could definitely see like Kristen Wig, uh, she's got an R before the I. So that's on you if you get that wrong. But I feel like with Kara and Kara, there isn't necessarily a spelling difference. <laughs> it's just a choice. Hmm, I don't know how they could fix that. I don't Maybe know put either. those little dots over it. Anyway, Kristen Wig. My favorite thing is the skit that she used to do on SNL where she had the tiny hands and the giant forehead. Have you ever seen that <laughs> no, skit? No, I have not. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. <laughs> okay, hold on. I'll pull it up. It, it you can yeah, you can get a little bit of a little bit of live reaction. You're gonna be horrified, by the way. Kristen Wig SNL. Small hands. There it is. So they did like probably like five or six or ten of these at different times. Um, I don't know if I'll leave all of this or just cut straight to your reaction of it. This might even be the one with uh, John Hamm. Oh. I'm almost certain there's one of these with John Hamm. I'm Holly. With my by myself. <laughs> <laughs> Is this where the tiny hands thing started? Maybe. <laughs> it's just so like offsetting. So yeah, so there's like ten of those. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if that's the origin of the tiny hands. Maybe. So based on what you know about who is in this movie, what are your predictions for the plot? <clears throat> um, hmm. So it's three and three. I'm going to say they're all married. Okay. Um, Got to look at this artwork. All right. So Maya Rudolph and Chris O'Dowd are married. Adam Scott and Jennifer Westfeld is married. Kristen Wiig and John Hamm are married, and then those two are, I'm going to say, not married and or just married, and he's like another part of the friend group, but 
Megan Fox is the like way too young for him new flame. <laughs> all right, so you think this is about a group of friends who are all comprised of the big named people, and then there is this nameless guy <laughs> who's also in the cast. I have no clue who he, he is. He's Edward Burns, I'm guessing. Okay, so then there's Edward Burns. You think it's part of the he got last group. billing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> On the front, too, he has less billing. Yeah. Very a lot of times, last billing is uh, is negotiated in, into your contract. Nobody really? wants to be middle billing. You can be first billing or, like, a, a lot of times, a lot of times, well, like. when they do the and. Yeah. That and Meryl it, Streep. Or with, with Morgan Freeman. Yes. Yes. Or if they're really excited about you. Introducing. introducing. Yes. <laughs> but uh, we'll note that Edward Burns has none of those. <laughs> He's just trailing a list of seven famous people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you think Edward Burns uh, is also in this friend group uh, and is li- living sort of a, a wilden lifestyle because he has the young Megan Fox. Um. <clears throat> He's either in the friend group or uh, Megan Fox is John Hamm or Michael <laughs> Michael Scott Adam Scott's uh, sister. Oh, okay, and he's like the new boyfriend. Mm, okay, so somehow Megan Fox somehow the one of those two are tied to this friend group. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, judging by the picture on the back, Adam Scott has a child. I assume it's his child. Um, I guess I should make plot predictions, not just relationship <laughs> predictions. I mean, well, we can go piece by piece because rom-coms tend to have a very predictable plot. So that first thing is mm. usually a a meeting or a somehow coming together of the relationship. If they already know each other, it's like solidifying their relationship. If they don't already know each other, it's the like meet cute. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? Mm, I didn't even think about that. I thought, yeah, I guess you're categorizing this as a rom-com. Uh, I wasn't even thinking about this as being a rom-com just in general, like looking at it. Because uh, it almost seems like it's like a bunch of existing relationships. I guess from the title, maybe more than just Adam Scott has kids. (laughs) You think uh, maybe not just a friend has kids, but multiple friends have kids. Or alternatively, it could be about this group of people befriending children. (laughs) (laughs) It's about being friends with kids. I mean, I don't want to ruin, like, spoil it, but I would almost rather watch that movie (laughs) of Adam Scott just awkwardly approaching children at the neighborhood park, Uh, attempting to be their friends. friends? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, no, I almost want to see that movie more now. Well, I don't think that's the the correct answer of what the movie is um yeah i don't really know structure wise i i I don't really have a guess Mm. for for how it will be structured i'm assuming uh potentially potentially like 
somebody in this group is cheating on somebody else in this group mm. um with with maybe. somebody no <laughs> what are you doing what are you I'm trying doing to bring the kids back in no don't <laughs> nope nope we're gonna leave that there um like look at this cover like uh <clears throat> like adam scott's kind of looking over at maya rudolph like hey what's going on and John Hamm's kind of looking at Jennifer Westfield, you know, and then Kristen Wiig is kind of looking at the bottle of wine. <laughs> so, I mean, you can't put that much stock as we've already discussed. <laughs> this, this does not happen anywhere in the movie. Nope. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, I don't know what else I can guess. All right. Did I do good? <laughs> <laughs> Did I do um are there any other leading questions you want answered? I mean I was going if you had an answer I was going to go through like all the you know the steps of the rom-com the meeting I, or the establishment I of the would guess that this wouldn't fit the normal mold okay of so you're throwing out the steps of no the, steps of the structure yeah yeah okay so what do you think will be the plot points <laughs> What is the conflict, do you think, in this movie? Mm, some friend has died. Oh. And they're just all... It's like a uh, the big chill. Isn't that what that, one, that movie's about? I've never <clears throat> seen that. It's like an 80s movie. I just... Mm. I, I know that... The, I, I haven't seen it either. I think, it, I think that's the movie where it's like everybody is like back in town because of like a friend's mm, funeral. Okay. And it's just like them rehashing like where they thought they would be and how they didn't do all the things that mm -hmm. they expected to in high school. And it's just kind of it's like a reverse coming of age. It's like a coming out of age. Coming out of age. Movie. Depressing. Yes. I think Glenn Co Close is in it. Oh, Glenn Close. Which the only thing I think I've ever actually seen her in is is. uh 101 Dalmatians. The live action, yes. Yes, the yes, live she action. She wasn't that. Okay. All right. So your uh, prediction is that's going to be more of a, like, a very dialogue-driven friends. Yes, friends. Photoshopped in around a table, chatting about it'll, how they didn't accomplish everything they wanted yes, to. <laughs> it'll have that kind of vibe. Okay. That's my prediction. All right. All right. Well, I think then that brings us to our IMDb review. That, that's the IMD review lasers. Okay. I thought I'd introduce those. All right. IMDb user Tony, <laughs> Tony Stink Metal. Uh, Tony, I don't know what's going on with your metal, but, <laughs> but you might need... Why does it stink? Have somebody look at that. November 16th, 2014. Do you want to read a little bit down the page real, real quick real just quick, to make just sure make I don't sure. like spoil? Yes, I'm trying to pull it up right now. All right. Tony Stinkmetal says, small-minded, faux-liberal American sexism at its worst. Strong and words. I saw that and said, <clears throat> you know what, Tony Stinkmetal? I'm in. I'm interested to see what you got to say. <laughs> That is some words. So November 16th, 2014, 
I saw this because it stars most of the cast of Bridesmaids and Adam Smith. Are you who really is that great on Parks and Rec. Big of a fan, Mr. Stink Metal, <laughs> if you don't even know Adam Scott's name. Uh, Adam Smith, Adam Scott, it doesn't matter to Tony Stink Metal. He said, I was shocked and offended by the old school sexism of this movie. Characters who don't feel the need to marry are referred to as... Oh, that is Guinness. <laughs> Hi, Guinness. Do you want to be part of the podcast? Characters who don't feel the need to marry are referred to as an affront. Characters who don't want children are show to be mean and selfish. I think he means shown. <laughs> um, this is a swing back to pre-Stonewall, pre-feminist times. What do you think he means by pre-Stonewall? I have no clue what that means. Does he mean like the Sil Southern Civil War general, Stonewall Jackson? Jackson? That was all that was the, coming to mind, but I was like, these are two very different timelines. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's an interesting callback. Uh, this is why American American are seen as provincial and homophobic because mainstream American culture is provincial and homophobic. When films like this set out to define a new normal, they disregard the fact that they are also defining a new abnormal. I'm not sure I get what Tony <laughs> Stink Metal is saying. Um, and I would be interested to know if the things that he's got a problem with are like this, this, this smells. Well, one of the, oh, there's so many things to pick from. <laughs> So it's interesting because he's talking about how like uh, people who don't feel the need to get married or have children like shouldn't shouldn't be stigmatized, which is fine. Um, I don't understand why he thinks that stigmatizing that is a liberal position. Because um, he calls it faux liberal, like it's claiming to be liberal, but it's not. I don't understand what his stance, what his worldview is. Uh -huh. I don't. I, I'm really struggling to like box his thoughts into the Stonewall thing. Is strange, and then he gets kind of philosophical towards the end. Uh, but it smells, apart from the fact that he doesn't know Adam Scott's name, it sounds like somebody that like a film is asking you to wrestle with certain things. And he thought that that was the opinion of the film. You know, it, it, it sounds, it sounds like somebody that doesn't get the point of a movie mm -hmm. is the way that his, uh, one star review sounds. So, yeah, I, I haven't watched this movie in a while, but there are some things in this review that I don't even know what it's referencing. How it's relevant or what it's referencing. Like. Also, I, I will be very surprised if somebody... Guinness! Alright, buddy. No. <laughs> I would be very surprised if at some point in this movie somebody's like you know what, I'm not sure if I want to have children. And they're like, that is an affront. 
That would say I don't know. I have no frame of reference for how Jennifer Westfeld uh, acts, writes, or directs, but that would seem like a really weird choice of phrasing, especially if you're naming your film "Friends with Kids." Yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess we can revisit <laughs> yeah, what we I'm think really he means. <laughs> I'm really excited to go back to this review uh, after we watch watch the movie. All right, here we go. Oh, yes. Do you, you think that you are going to like this movie? Uh, I hope so. I, I'm, I'm very optimistic that I will. I think I will. Because of who's in it? Because of who's in it. All right. I'm kind of, I'm one for one for one, one for two. How do you say that? Is that a sport thing? You've liked one of my picks and haven't liked the other one of my two picks. So I'd say one, one, one for two. All right, I'm one for two right now. Uh, so this is going to tip the scales for me. So I'm very excited <laughs> to see. Okay. I'm, I'm not sure what, how you are going to respond to this movie, which is part of the reason I was interested in showing it to you. Because it could really go either way. Okay. <laughs> wow. A little bit of candor right before we watch. Yeah. <laughs> but, Justin, are you ready to go back in time to the pre-Stonewall days and watch <laughs> Friends with Kids? I guess so. Let's go. All right, we are back from the pre-Stonewall era. We have watched Friends with Kids. And I am excited to hear what you think, Justin. I enjoyed it. Really? Okay, I'm glad because when we left off and I asked you, do you think you will like this movie? You were like, yeah, I think I'll like it. And I was like, I think it could go either way. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were going to enjoy it. Or hate it. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I am, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, so let's dive right in. Uh, when we were uh, discussing your predictions for this movie, uh, your main prediction was that you thought it was going to be um, a very, like, friends sitting around and talking movie. It seemed like you thought it was going to be a very dialogue driven mm -hmm. film and you were like struggling coming up with some some potential ways i could meet that that very rom-com like structure yeah. uh so how how do you think it compared to what you were expecting it was not what i expected from <laughs> from my description yeah um you did pretty good on the couples. Uh, yeah, I picked the couples well, but the, the DVD box helped me make my informed guess. Even with those poorly photoshopped mm -hmm. <laughs> images, it still, still gave you the goods. Yeah, so the DVD box helped. What I, what I failed to guess beforehand was that two of them wouldn't be a couple. Mm-hmm. And then would become a couple through. It makes so much In more classic rom com yes, fashion. It makes so much more sense. <laughs> the title "Friends with Kids." Uh, in hindsight, yeah, that they so, are friends who decide to have a kid together, but then oh no, they start to develop feelings for one another. <laughs> well, they already had feelings. 
they had friend feelings. Friend feelings. <laughs> it's a movie about friendship. It is a movie about friendship and kids. And your friendship with those kids. <laughs> what did you think about uh, sort of the movie's portrayal of... So it starts off with these six friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the two couples and then the two unattached ones. Uh, and they're at a restaurant and they see this other couple who have brought their children to this nice restaurant. And they're like grumbling about it. And then you find out that one of the couples in their group of friends is in their friend group as pregnant. And they're like, oh, but don't worry, we'll never be those people. So what did you think about the movie's uh, early portrayal of when it fast forwards those four years and you come back to them? And they have their families. I feel like already <laughs> at that point, like the whole movie had flashed before my eyes. I yeah. Like, oh, I, I, get, I get what this is about. <laughs> like, okay, they're the couple that have been together the longest. They're about to have their first kid. These two are like, I don't want to be tied down. I don't want to have a family. And then there's like the two that are like the newer couple. And then, and then as soon as it like flash forward, it was like, okay, so now they've got kids. The other ones are going to have kids. They're going to not have kids, but not be together. They're then they're going to like get a kid. Did you see that part coming? Yes. Of like them deciding to uh, co-parent a child platonically. Yes. Yes, you did. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like everything got laid before me as uh-huh. soon as, like, within the first couple of scenes, I was like, duh, that's what this movie uh-huh. is about. <laughs> what do you think about their idea that that is the um, ideal setup where you have a kid first, so that way you only have to be committed to it 50% of the time <laughs> and then meet your soulmate <laughs> so that you can... Uh, have a alone time with your soulmate 50% of the time and be committed to your child 50% of the time. What do you think about the logic there? Uh I I think I think the movie does its own job of undoing its <laughs> logic <laughs> that it sets out at the beginning. So, I think it to bring up the IMDb review mm-hmm. once again. Oh, going back to uh Mr. Stink Metal. Tony Stink Metal. Small-minded, faux liberal American sexism at its worst. Quite a mouthful of a title. Still thinks it's Adam Smith. <laughs> uh, maybe he'll change it. Who knows? Yeah, maybe he'll hear this and then edit his five-year-old uh, IMDb review. So he he wrote, I was shocked and offended by the old-school sexism in this movie. Not sure what that means. Characters who don't feel the need to marry are referred to as an affront characters who don't want children are shown to be mean and selfish. None of the characters don't want children. I was going to say that's like that, the that first was the thing. weirdest thing. <laughs> Except is... for Megan Fox, but <laughs> she's in a very different place in her life than right. the rest she, of them. She doesn't, she says, I don't think that the, they will ever work for me to have children. I need to be able to travel at a moment's notice. Like, she doesn't say, like, I hate children. I hate children. She was like, 
I'm a dancer in New York. <laughs> yeah. Probably won't fit my lifestyle. The word affront was actually used. It was. I was wondering what you were going to say about that because you're like, I doubt they say, this is an affront to me. And then when the two main characters, Adam Scott and Jennifer Westfelt, pitched their plan to their friends, Maya Rudolph and uh, who's the guy? I forget. Chris O'Dowd. Name. And Chris O'Dowd. Uh, Maya Rudolph does tell her husband, Chris O'Dowd. This is an affront to us. <laughs> but it's not an affront. <laughs> yeah. Characters who, who don't feel the need to marry are referred to as an affront. The affront is the assumption that like, oh, us un people without like kids, we know how to mm -hmm. r raise kids. We can figure it out. It's super simple. So we're just going to do this real quick. Yeah. It'll be super easy. And they easy. like low key shaded their friends of like, we don't want to be like you guys. Right. So we're doing this crazy thing. So that was the affront, not just the like, eh, I'm not sure marriage is for me. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, you guys suck at being married and being parents. So we came up with this idea to beat the system. <laughs> and as I suspected from Mr. Stink Metal, he failed to understand that what a character wants is not necessarily what the writer slash director is trying to yeah. is holding up as the, as the paragon of what we should all aspire to. So even if the character was referred to as an affront or shown to be selfish, like the end result is, is the two main characters deciding you know what i actually do love you i do want to be married to you <laughs> i want to raise a family with you yeah and it's a real uh leap in maturity particularly for adam Scott. scott's character because the whole reason they came up with this idea was because they thought that they didn't want to like dampen the romance mm -hmm. with their soulmate by all the nitty-gritty of raising the child with them. But then after they go through all that, he comes to the realization that, oh, that was the romantic part was yeah. going through the nitty gritty with you. I really liked that. I liked that too. I really liked that because it, it does, I think it does hit on uh, something that uh, doesn't get portrayed enough on screen of like, like, like us raising the Guinness. <laughs> Uh, listeners, in case you didn't know, since last time we <laughs> chatted, we've adopted a puppy named Guinness, and mm -hmm. he is the best dog in the world. But going through like all of the times where we would come home and Guinness has peed or pooped on the carpet, <laughs> and and we like clean it up together. Sometimes I have to make a quick run to the CVS. cvs to pick up more carpet cleaner it's true it's like those little bits of things together are what like builds the relationship yeah you know it's true when you burned your arm and we had to go spend yeah. an evening in the uh urgent care mm -hmm. that was all part of like building the relationship. relationship yeah i agree with you that that's a not especially in rom-coms not an oft seen piece of romance. Yeah, piece of the romance. It's in in rom comes. It's often the like big grand gestures, and not just the realization of like, oh, <laughs> I get what this kind of love is all about. All of a sudden. And the thing I really liked about it too 
was the the realization of like like oh like my baby mama and my baby like are my family family like yeah they're, they're that like i'm i'm here alone and like i want to be with them always like mm-hmm. they are my family yeah I, I thought that was that was nice yeah it is nice <laughs> <laughs> So from going back to the fact that this is one of my favorite rom-coms and Mm. we know that we both kind of prefer um, a rom-com that's a little, a little different. Do you feel like this, uh, did this check all the rom-com boxes that you wanted to still feel like a true rom-com? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I have some, some nitpicky things Mm -hmm. about it, but, but as far as like, checkmark boxes like it wasn't as cleanly perfect Mm -hmm. as crazy rich asians Mm -hmm. like that is such a cleanly made movie like it was just very impressive watching it like every Mm -hmm. beat was thoroughly considered yeah and um and this was obviously a much smaller budget film Mm -hmm. uh much uh much more of a like like crazy rich asians was a fairly big budget like mm-hmm. mid-sized budget. Yeah. Big for a rom-com, I would big, say. Big for a rom-com made um to put to film a somewhat beloved n- novel. Mm-hmm. Uh and you know with the ex- express intent of like doing so with an all Asian cast and all Asian crew like mm-hmm. like it, so there was like a a lot of hands in the pot where this was like obviously like just what's her face Mm -hmm. yeah and they this was this may have been i'm not sure um but her and john ham uh jennifer westfall and john john ham uh had started a production company together and i'm not sure if this is was like the first movie sure um put on it but yes it definitely has the feel of since she wrote it she directed it her and her Longtime live-in boyfriend produced it <laughs> with their. Oh, new. are they a couple? Not anymore. Oh, uh, they had been together since like the late nineties. Oh um, wow! And pretty recently broke up, like within the last few years. Uh, I noticed you said live-in boyfriend. It's interesting that, given the context of of this film, <laughs> well, she may be trying to drop a hint to John Hamm. I don't know. <laughs> Is this an elaborate plot? <laughs> to, to, um, yeah, to guilt trip your boyfriend, boyfriend. into proposing. <laughs> I don't know, but yes, to the to the extent of what you're saying, like Crazy Rich Asians, definitely feels like a big budget rom com, and this feels like the thing you want to make and you do make with all your friends. <laughs> like yes. We're going to come over guys. We're going to, mm-hmm. we're going to make this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say because of, because of that, uh, there are some like choices that I didn't, that I didn't love mainly, uh, one, why not just let Chris O'Dowd be Irish? Like <laughs> there's no reason that he sh- needs to try to play like he has a New York accent. Uh, is that what he's going for? I guess so. That's the best I could come <laughs> you up with. You ask, you're like, what accent is this? And I'm like, I think it's just trying really hard not to be Irish. And it, <laughs> it just doesn't land anywhere in particular. It yeah. just sounds derpy. Like, <laughs> Yeah. It's like, you live in New York. 
there's, you can be Irish. Yeah, you can be an Irish guy that lives in New York. It's totally there's cool. There's plenty of Irish guys yeah. in New York. Totally cool. So that was a weird decision. I wonder if maybe he was like trying to do something like, yeah, guys, like I can do it. I can do a non-Irish accent. And because they're all friends, they're just like, okay. Okay, go for it. <laughs> Am I doing it, guys? Well, I feel like he's got <laughs> such a distinct voice because mm-hmm. like everything he does is in comedy and it's always very reactive. Mm-hmm. And so then like hearing the reactiveness of his voice trying to mute the accent at the yeah, same time mm-hmm. it's it just sounds weird yeah i would agree with that and something still came out that sounded irish so irish <laughs> uh, yeah if he could be irish and bridesmaids and we were gonna buy that yeah he could have been irish in this exactly there's no reason why maya rudolph can't nab herself an irishman man they i do really like them together though i feel like yeah. they have a really fun energy together me too those two um the other things that nitpicky like bothered me were i feel like the relationship between kristen wig and john ham was really underdeveloped Mm -hmm. to where like and and it was juxtaposed between maya rudolph's and chris o'dowd's relationship and so you were seeing mere things happening um but then you would get a little bit of a snippet from uh my 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 rudolph almost called her maya angelou <laughs> <laughs> um from maya rudolph's and, and chris O'Dowd's relationship and you'd get a little snippet where you're like okay like i get them i get what they're yeah like. i i get their vibe mm-hmm. like they rib each other a lot um but and like they 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 fight but like neither of them have a personality where that actually mm-hmm. bothers them yeah like, and it's they not show a problem really well in that i can't remember what this what she's mad at him mm-hmm. about oh in the scene where they're like talking about trying to find somebody like could they find somebody for jennifer westfelt yeah and because he's younger than her she's like what do you mean like i'm older than you that's happening right now she's like and he makes that comment of like yeah when we were you were in your late 20s i was in my early 20s that was hot but like now when you're approaching 40 like (laughs) not so much (laughs) and she's like what are you saying if you met me today we wouldn't be together he's like uh honestly no and and then like they're fooling around and about to get on so like yeah. you know that you understand the context of their of their relationship right. that they can joke around with each other like that and yeah totally mm-hmm. and i think uh something like that to show like i think i would have rather seen john ham and Kristen wig being really happy really put together in front of the friends and then you get little snippets of them, of yeah. them mm-hmm. like being really cold and distant to one another. Like I would have liked a little bit of development mm-hmm. that like builds up because mm-hmm. it, cause it's just the, the chaos. I really, really liked the, uh, it had a very organic, uh, and improvisational vibe to the dialogue like i imagine that most of the scenes most of the dialogue is improvised to Mm -hmm. some extent yeah there's so much talking over each other i really enjoyed that it felt Mm -hmm. like really different for a movie i could see people getting annoyed at it but like Uh there's so many scenes where it's like chaos and you're hearing Mm -hmm. lines but you're not 
like it's not yeah i feel like they really capitalize on the fact that these actors probably have a relationship yes outside of filming so they're able to be like okay just kind of do something and it feels very natural but what i think that what makes it difficult is is that chaos is awesome but like we lose the ability to truly tell like are kristen wig and john ham okay or not like Mm -hmm. like how big of a deal is this because there's just like like everybody's kind of like pissed off at everybody else yeah and and so like it's hard to tell I, I just would have liked a little bit of build up mm-hmm. to the scene in the cabin where like John Ham just like John Ham goes mm-hmm. crazy and then we get a shot of him like finally like a shot of just them like away from the group and he's like packing up his things and like mm-hmm. driving away. Yeah, I think they really suffer cuz you never get where you get to see uh Maya Rudolph and Chris O'Dowd's characters just in their home outside of being with the friends they mm-hmm. have at least a few scenes of that the only time you see Kristen Wiig and John they're never not with the friends there's yeah. like that one little tiny bit when uh Jennifer Westfall and Adam Scott first tell them the idea and they like go to the kitchen and they're like oh we're so excited for you and they're like whispering to each other of like oh this is gonna be terrible this is like that's the only moment you see them away from the friends at all and that moment builds up a like common bond between them the like Mm -hmm. oh we're in agreement on this so then it's like even like the I think to the way that it blew up at the Mm -hmm. cabin makes it feel like it needed more beforehand where if if like everything seemed fine mm-hmm. and like they could she could have gone the other way with it where everything on the surface seems fine and then all of a sudden out of nowhere they just like we're getting a divorce you know and yeah. you could be like what like and mm-hmm. you could even have the characters be like we had no idea yeah. but it's like things were like angry and we kind of we, yeah i mean we definitely saw it but like we are just left kind of assuming because mm-hmm. the other characters are kind of nasty to each other and, and crass towards each, each other. other. Yeah. So like, it, it's really hard to differentiate, you know, it, it, it like catches you off guard, but not really. And not in a good way. Yeah. I like your idea of, it would have been nicer to juxtapose them with my Rudolph and Chris O'Dowd who can sort of rib on each other around their friends and that's part of their interaction. And then when you see them in those private moments, you see that they're able to take that and it's all fine. Like it's all part of right. just how they interact with each other. So I really like your idea. If in those interactions with their friends, everything had been more calm mm-hmm. with John Ham and Kristen Wiig at first feels much more perfect. Yeah. Um, and you're like, Oh man, they've got it together. Yeah, Like they're, they're fine. And then include just a few of those little scenes of them alone where you see them, not even the fighting, but like you said, just like the distance mm-hmm. and the not talking to each other. Because when John Hamm finally does explode at the end of the cabin, I feel like it's so stinging that like remark that he makes to Adam Scott, like it's not the reason they're struggling <laughs> isn't like the, the big like they cheated they did this did that mm-hmm. it's like it comes down to like he tells adam scott like this person's gonna make you bored as one day <laughs> and like mm-hmm. so i feel like that explosion could have been so powerful if you had seen those just like moments of quiet disconnect in their homes of like they're just not connecting anymore yeah and he's tired of that 
Yeah, I, I told, yeah, yeah, I think that that would have, and I think that too would have hit stronger into the thematic, like, idea behind the movie mm -hmm. that, like, it's a, it's like a movie about, like, like, you get to choose your family and you get to, like, mm -hmm. choose how your family, like, rebuilds up their, mm -hmm. you know, yeah life and, and, uh, so I think, I think that that would play into it too, where like, uh, the first thing we know about Kristen Wiig and John Hamm is that they have a lot of sex, you know? Yeah. And, and, and the, <laughs> that's their main character trait their, when you first. <laughs> right. And, and so like that would build into that, that like, like, Oh, that's like the thing that they built their relationship Ship on. on. Mm -hmm. And then it leads to this cold distance of their relationship where Chris O'Dowd and Maya Rudolph obviously have like, a good friendship at the mm -hmm. base base yeah. of that. And then, and then you can kind of see that develop with, uh, the other two. So, yeah, I think that would have worked very, I think you are fixing the script. <laughs> as... we, we should have a script doctor sec segment <laughs> every episode. How to fix the script movie. doctor. Yeah. And it's really just like, it needed more. They just needed more time. They just need a little bit more screen time, I think to make it. And I think in that first, um, where they're going to the Maya Rudolph's son's birthday party. Mm -hmm. I think he needed to not blow up at that party because he also yep. has like a big like, fine, like I'll go do it at that party. I think that would have made the blow up at the cabin feel more powerful. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, I like I like uh, fixing the scripts <laughs> with you. <laughs> Gotta fix those uh, scripts. That's fun. Okay, so so we revisit we revisited. Is there the anything IMDb. else in the IMDb review. Um, I don't get the. He makes a comment about homophobia, and it's like there's not. I mean, there isn't a queer relationship in this movie, but most movies aren't yeah, like it super representational, and they even use it when John when John Hamm is like, "You guys are gonna mess this kid up because you have this wonky situation." My Rudolph is like, "Hey, there's all kinds of different families now. Like, <laughs> we don't need to be judgmental." So I don't know where Mr. Stink Metal. Yeah, I don't know is getting this. <laughs> I think he just had an axe to grind. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Uh, stink Metal. A stinky axe to Ooh, grind. Ooh, a stinky axe. <laughs> I think Mr. Stink Metal has been hurt before. He didn't get his mrs stink metal mrs. stink metal <laughs> uh, maybe so, she didn't want to get married and it was an affront to him that's true maybe so i think overall i would give this a seven. Oh, a seven yeah nice because i feel like i feel like in my movie rating scheme there's like a lot of like sevens Cause I, I feel like a six and below are like movies I don't want to watch. Yeah. <laughs> a seven is like a movie I want to watch that has like some problems. An eight mm -hmm. is a really good movie. A nine is like one of the best movies in tens, like top of the top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have a on watchability. I know these are kind of the same scale. For yeah. You. Seven. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a seven. So how would you, so you say it checks all the boxes. It is a rom-com. Mm -hmm. How would you say, what would you say are the, is the main way it sort of differs from your typical rom-com? What makes it a seven rom-com for you instead of an average five? Uh, I think her writing is really good. And like I said, I, like I really enjoyed the, 
the bantery improvisational mm-hmm. dialogue. Um, and then I think that the it did a lot of a lot of things that that were very funny mm-hmm. um, and surprising. Like uh, I don't know, like like there was a raunchiness edge to yeah uh-huh. the film that I didn't expect. But but I thought it was funny and it felt appropriate for like their characters. Yeah, I you know, agree. like early thirties, late thirties by the end of the movie. Yeah, late thirties people in New York, business uh-huh. people in New York. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I just I think it felt and it felt it felt like it was playing on like a typical like like situation they think will go right but won't go right. Mm-hmm. Um but like i i don't know i i just uh have never thought of a movie of like let's try to have a baby together <laughs> like it just seems like a just have a platonic baby <laughs> yeah just it, it's a very funny concept um and i think it only works with the type of characters that they that mm-hmm. she sets up there so Okay, I've got now. I don't have much to go off. The only other person that I have watched this movie with is my mother. Okay. <laughs> so I watched this movie with my mother, and she absolutely loved it until the very end. I had a oh, that was another nitpicky thing I kind of had with the end. Okay, that was my question: was how do you feel about the end? Um, I don't feel like it. I, I feel like. Adam Scott's transformation was a little under underdeveloped. Okay. Like I would have liked, like, I feel like we got a level of transformation from Jennifer Westfield that mm-hmm. we, that we, we didn't get to see from Adam Scott. Yeah. And I would have liked to see them like be on the same, I don't know, of the same mind. The you know, or like for us to have seen them traverse the same things. I don't know. How do you mean? That's I don't know. Like, <laughs> like I'm struggling to to put to words. Like it just felt like it felt like we saw her go through the change over a longer period of time, and it is now raining. <laughs> if anybody was wondering, spooky yeah. spooky I, podcast. I think what you're seeing at the end is more of the real his realization of his change, or like an acceptance. Of the change, because you get that scene where he's in the restaurant with Megan Fox, I and he has that. that like realization of like, oh, like I feel very far away all of a sudden from where mm-hmm. she is, as compared to this couple who's sitting next to us, yeah, with their kids, with and their family, and yeah. So what 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 was the problem your mom had? Is <laughs> do you have a, a bleep button for this podcast? Sure, I can I can bleep stuff. <laughs> I'm already gonna have to bleep you once earlier. <laughs> that wasn't. A, that's not a bleepable. Why? Because it's only. I'm gonna bleep it again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my mom's problem with it. She was fine with Adam Scott's change. My mom's problem with it was at the very end. The like thing he says that like makes Jennifer Westfeld believe him is let me out of you (laughs) that was what she was like what (laughs) yeah i could see that so did you have any feelings on that 
Oh, yeah, I mean, mainly because like it didn't feel earned, like for it, her to accept that. Like it, it didn't feel fully earned yet in my eyes. Much less would it be earned in the character's uh-huh. eyes. So that, that I think that's the mm. most difficult part. Okay, I felt okay with it because I feel like the thing that at the end of a rom com usually changes it for our female protagonist and makes her accept our our male protagonists uh contrition <laughs> uh is that it's usually is this like declaration yeah of love but they already had that like she already knows that he has love and respect for her yeah and the thing that was holding out was he didn't he F- wasn't attracted yeah attractive. he wasn't attracted to her in mm-hmm. that way so i was like that's kind of the only thing like he's already in the scene in the cabin he's already done the big declaration of love which is when she's like oh man maybe like mm-hmm. maybe he's feeling this too so like he couldn't i feel like it would have just felt like a retread to go back to that i feel like you could have you could have gotten more out of a jerry Maguire style I've never seen Jerry Maguire. Maybe, maybe we'll have to watch that next. <laughs> a Jerry Maguire style, um, like declaration mm-hmm. at the end. Is that you had me at hello? Is that Jerry Maguire? Yeah, yeah. But the reason she responds that, not to spoil the ending for you, is because he gives a really big speech, mm-hmm. and she's like, "You had me at hello," which is like the first thing he says mm-hmm. at the very beginning of the speech. You yeah. Know? So, um. But I think you could have gotten away with that by rehashing kind of what he had already yeah. said, but in a, in a new way, like hearkening back to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a fair complaint of your mom's. <laughs> My mom just doesn't like that word. <laughs> Neither does Justin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bleeping it. I'm bleeping it. I, you should bleep that one, but I don't think it needs to be bleeped. I'm going to have to bleep that one, too. <laughs> Sorry. This has to be a safe for work podcast. (laughs) If you can't play it in the waiting room of a dentist's office, then it has to be bleeped. (laughs) Then it must be bleeped. All right. Well, I think that wraps up our conversation on Friends with Kids. Justin, what will we be watching uh, next week? Stay tuned to find out because I don't know. (laughs) I need to think about it. Okay. You have to do your part. And thank you for listening. And good night.